Welcome to the Let's Talk South Coast podcast. We'll be showcasing the South Coast region as a thriving economy for businesses to locate to. And now here's your host, Nella Pang. Welcome to episode two of the Let's Talk South Coast podcast. The show is about highlighting the opportunities available in our region and we've been heavily concentrating about why businesses should relocate to our region. But more than ever, we're witnessing a massive exodus out of London to the South Coast for many that are seeking a better work-life balance. So I'm really pleased to be joined by Managing Director George Long of Charters Estate Agents. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you here today, despite it being pouring rain. So really appreciate you making the effort. As I've mentioned, you guys are making huge waves and I'm absolutely loving what the recent wins of accolades, that a number of property awards that you've won yeah. from Best Letting Agents in Hampshire, Best Estate Agents in Hampshire, Best Estate Agency website. Yeah, in the UK that one is as well, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> and Best Estate Agent Marketing. Yeah, so. I mean, we've um, we've really always striven to have a, a lot of awards. Right? I think to date it's over 40 now, actually. Oh, so, um, yeah, it just shows our commitment, really, I think, of all of our staff and... Uh, and our leadership team as well. And this is all whilst you've been at the helm? No, 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 no. It'd be nice to say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a massive congratulations, Thank George, you. though. And it's right to say that you guys are on the pulse in when it comes to residential. So I'm really pleased to have you here. So we've witnessed the commercial investment ease in recent weeks, given the political turmoil in recent months with four new chancellors, three prime ministers, and I'm going to have to say three premises at the time of this recording. Uh, so hopefully Sunak um, stays in place. But it's obviously causing a nightmare for investors' confidence. So has that been the same for residential? Tell us, is it doomsday? Well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, th there are lots of positives out there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the, the thing that isn't positive is obviously uncertainty. And I think with uncertainty, it stops people making decisions. And I think it's not just stopping people buying houses. It's stopping people buying televisions, you know, cars. People are genuinely worried. But, but I, I think the key thing is, is that, you know, we haven't seen a wholesale reduction in prices yet. People are still moving. And I've never known a property market where people don't move. But we're going to move into a different type of property market, really. And I think the way we're talking to our staff, really, is the fact we're back to reality. Um, yeah. uh, we've had such a sustained period of low interest rates, uh, and obviously that's reflected into low mortgage rates. Mm -hmm. Loans, uh, you know, you can get, you know, borrow £10,000 from whoever at 1.5%. You know, so money's been very, very cheap. And I think a lot of people in our business, actually, it's all they've ever known, really, especially in our sales teams, yeah. uh, is that low end of the market. So... I think the way I look at the property market is we're going to have a little readjustment, really, rather than a, a great big recession and a crash. Yeah. Uh, because for me, you might look at house prices and go, they're going to go down. And people are saying to me, oh, house prices are going down. We've not seen that at all yet. Okay. But, but I think just by the way that figures are actually calculated in England as an average house price across the UK, the key thing with this market is interest rates go up, mortgage rates go up people's mortgage payments are also going to be going up. Uh, so what we're finding is actually where people are looking up to 700 or 400 or 300, they're now looking up to 600, 200. You know, so they're, they're just adjusting the price okay. that they can actually look at for a property to effectively keep their mortgage uh, payments the same, really. So you might see that, that the actual, the average house price might come down. Okay. Um, 
but but obviously that's from a national basis. Um, mm. The south of England is still performing really well, and there's still an acute shortage of stock in the market as well. Yeah. Uh, we still have a lot of people on our books waiting to find a property. Yeah. Um, so I think that will sustain the market for an indefinite period mm -hmm. um, while people are still looking to find something. Um, and obviously there are still a lot of new homes to, to come to the market really. Uh, and the new homes that we see coming to the market as well, like Wars Ash, for instance, the big site that Bargate are building there called Rivercross and Heritage Place, which is the final part of the North Stone Park development up in Eastleigh. Both of those sites have come to the market and we've had a really good response, you know, straight away at Rivercross for, for sales immediately. So there's still people out there, yeah. uh, but it's explaining to buyers about... Um, yeah, you know, I think if you're looking to buy a property now and sell it next year, that's probably not a good look. Yeah. But but I certainly think that if you look back historically over house price data, so for instance in Southampton over the last ten years, I would mm -hmm. say that house prices have gone up circa forty forty two percent. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, if you look at somewhere like Winchester, the city centre, in yeah. the last ten years, prices have gone up sixty yeah. percent. So uh, this is just an adjustment in the market, and we must go back and look at history as well, because you've got, and I'm sure all of our listeners will remember the mortgage market review, which came out. Yeah. Um, that was after the, the credit crunch, um, mm -hmm. and that was basically stress testing buyers. So you know, looking at their income multiples. Uh, looking at affordability, but it was also stress testing the banks as well to look at an absolute disaster of that happening. Because what they don't want to happen is to have another run on the banks like we had back in 2008, yeah. um, which obviously we all remember really yeah. well. Um, but don't forget then, the property market didn't die a death then either. <laughs> no, it it just moved to a different type of market. So, mm -hmm. But if you look at that, in the last 10 years, people have made a huge amount of money in their property. The banks have got a huge amount of liquidity. liquidity. Um, and I think you'll also find as well that, that people have just changed. So if their mortgage payments are getting too much, they might downsize. Yeah. Uh, and I think a big, uh, a big issue, which, which not many people have talked about so far as well, um, is help to buy. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's obviously ending at the end of October, so a few days' time. Um, and if you look at how many transactions in the southeast that has supported, in total in the southeast since help to buy was bought in, there have been 147,000 new homes transactions. Okay. Uh, but out of that 147, 65,000 of those were on help to buy. Oh, wow. yeah. So you, you've got to think how that government scheme, probably one of the best government schemes yeah. they've ever bought out, how that's supported the market. But I think people say, oh, what, it's going to be a nightmare when help to buy ends. Well, I don't think it is. People are just going to look to buy at less money. And I yeah. think if you're looking, for instance, you, you look back in the old days, when you first looked together on the market, you're going to buy a one-bedroom flat. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a one-bedroom flat in Southampton, you could pick up at 160000 yeah. 5% deposit, that's coming into sort of mum and dad territory, mm -hmm. instead of bank of mum and dad. And, and actually, your mortgage, in relation to what you're earning, it, you know, the income multiples are there. So I think you'll see a shift in how people buy property. Yeah. Um, but I think Southampton as a whole, there's a huge amount of investment in Southampton. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've seen the Maritime Gateway, the yeah. Bargate Shopping Centre, Debenhams now, yeah, exactly. uh, Leisure World. I mean, there's a huge amount of investment coming into not just the South, but Southampton too, really. Yeah, so there's a huge amount of opportunities, particularly if investors are exploring the South Coast, if, if they've looked at other regions. So what would you say are the key reasonings to be developing on the South Coast then? Um, well, I mean, I think it's a destination in its own right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a multifaceted destination, really. So you've got the New Forest, you've got the sea, uh, you've got the Isle of Wight, uh, you've got the South Downs, uh, you've got you know, really full-on uh, towns and cities, so Winchester, Charnersford, all of these wonderful places, uh, 
Southampton, and you go, oh, I know we're talking about yeah. BCP all the way along yeah, as well. Yeah. So yeah, you've then got fantastic beaches uh, and an incredible coastline. So yeah, I mean, I think investors, when they come here, uh, they come and look at Southampton, they go, wow, you can get to London quickly. You've got an mm -hmm. airport, the runway's being extended. Yeah. Us locals are all gonna be able to fly further on bigger planes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's very well connected, Hampshire, really, mm -hmm. uh, and the wider South. Yeah, because when I think about when I bought my first property, I was 21, um, and actually it was just before the crash. Mm. And I remember getting the mortgage in principle and thinking, oh my God, it's going to get rejected. That <laughs> um, my deposit was £3,000 for a one-bedroom flat, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I still own that to this day, but it's quite incredible because it's always been let. So there's definitely the demand for it, isn't yeah. it? Because people, not everyone can get on the mortgage. Well, I mean, rents have never been higher. Yeah. Uh, and that's a fact. And, you know, right at this moment, you know, we're renting one bedroom flats out in Southampton at £1,000 a month. You know, I mean, that's wow. a barrier we thought we'd probably never even get to, really. So it shows that, that there's a lot of people looking to, to live in Southampton. Yeah. Uh, and I do think as well... Uh, we're finally seeing, and obviously you're, you've been a long-term Southampton resident. Uh -huh. I lived in Bedford Place for a long time uh, until I moved out to New Forest. And there was always stuff pre-Credit Crunch, like East Park Terrace, Mayflower Plaza, all these sites which were going to be residential developments, which yeah. actually ended up being student accommodation. And I think the university actually on, on East Park there used it for their, for their own campus. But, um, but then you've now got things coming forward, like Maritime Gateway, Ford-funded, you know, it's going to be a huge landmark investment for us there uh, yeah. as a city. Um, Bargate as well. I mean, you've got, I think it was 575 properties coming back into the town centre. And then the same with Debenhams as well. So I feel like you're going to have, where, whereas a lot of businesses moved out of the town centre, I feel like a few more businesses are moving back in. We're also going to have yeah. around about 2,000 residences moving back into the city centre. Yeah. So, okay. so I think from that perspective, hopefully that'll be good for our nighttime economy, our, our bars and restaurants. Mm -hmm. really uh, and it's a huge investment really in the town yeah absolutely and i think you've just mentioned a couple of sites which were actually zoned for office accommodation yeah. and then obviously the permitted development rights and that took out a load of office for residential yeah. and we're seeing more and more that we're losing the kind of the office market with the office market evolving yeah. as it is where does residential sit when we're losing our high streets as well like how do we replace um, and reposition our towns and cities? Well, I mean, that's a very interesting question. I mean, you, you can go back a long way in history to look at, you know, the rise of the out-of-town shopping centre, mm -hmm. out-of-town business park. You know, you've still got all of those out-of-town business parks there too. Uh, and I think that boils down to connectivity as well. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly it's easy getting to these places. Uh, and I think the general perception is it's not easy to, to actually have a business right in a town centre because, you know, people have got to park and yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I, but I, I do think, though, um, that when we have more people moving back into the town centre, that it's going to create a much better town for everybody to live in, really. Yeah, I think it will be really important because there's no point being having a saturated market of residential students yeah. when you don't have the supporting businesses for them to actually go to work. Yeah, exactly, and, and I think these businesses have got to be able to get footfall through their doors as well to be able to be successful. And at the moment, um, there's so many businesses start up and it trickles along and then they fail. This isn't Southampton, by the way. Yeah. But, but Southampton is on the up. So many people look at Southampton as a big investment. And you can see that you know, we've got the Freeport as an example. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of companies have come to Southampton saying, right, we want to make Southampton our focus because it's 
an hour from London, roughly, there mm -hmm. or thereabouts. Um, it, like I said before, you've got the airport, railway links, motorway links, yeah. the coast. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it, it, it helps businesses come to towns like Southampton because they can see actually what is coming, really. So when you're talking about the Maritime Gateway, what sort of makeup of bedrooms, etc., or flats are you seeing coming forward? What, in Maritime Gateway? Well, any of the developments that you've just well, named. I'm just trying uh, to figure well, out what the sweet spot is. Yeah, well, it's interesting, actually. I mean, the market is changing when it comes to what's available from a residential perspective. Uh, at the moment in Southampton, there's very few new homes for sale, really. Uh, in fact, uh, obviously, uh, Ocean Village was obviously a, a great big development that was done during the uh, during the, the recession, effectively. Yeah. So uh, what you're seeing is the rise of built-to-rent as well, really. So when you look at Maritime Gateway, Bargate Centre, the old shopping centre there, uh, and then you look at Debenhams. These are places which could have been residential developments mm -hmm. for people to come and live in and own, own their own apartment. But we've never seen more built-to-rent outside London than we have now. But I think built-to-rent is a big investment into the city. So if you think at Maritime Gateway, how much it's going to cost to build that, yeah. how much it's going to cost to build uh, Bargate, how much it's going to cost to build Debenhams, that's supporting our local economy, really. But these developments aren't just apartments. No one's going to have access to them. Uh, they've got offices. Uh, they're going to have fantastic communal spaces around them. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just more, and you'll see more and more brands that we haven't seen before in Southampton stretching out. Because I think people will sit, sit there, you know, generally speaking, really nice brands come from London. Yeah. And they think, right, where should we go next? So they think, oh, let's go to Guildford. Mm -hmm. And they think, right, where should we go next? Well, maybe we'll go to Basingstoke Festival Place. But then as they branch out, they think, wow, look at Southampton. It's so well connected. Uh, and you've got a lot of people that live in Southampton too. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, it can be well supported. Uh, and particularly with West Quay, that brings a lot of visitors to the town. Yeah. Uh, the cruise industry brings a lot of visitors to the town. So uh, I think actually that people look at Sands and think, wow, this is a place to come. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have a favourite brand? Oh, well, I have, I, have lots of I have lots of favourite brands. But, you know, I, I think actually uh, there's a real coffee culture starting to appear back in uh, England. And, and obviously it's not very inclement weather. Uh, it's not like going to Rome and <laughs> yeah, sitting on the street absolutely. having a coffee. Yeah. But, but I think actually, where you look at the rise of, a good example is Josie's, uh, yeah. you know, the coffee shop. So mm -hmm. they're in Romsey. Uh, it's done very, very successful. They're Bishop's yeah. Waltham. Uh, and, and, yeah. and people love it. And I love that type of uh, thing. And I think that is, for me, going to be probably or potentially the saviour of the high street, yeah. where you've got a lot of people here who want to come in, have a nice coffee, have something to eat, have a brunch. And these places aren't open till late at night a lot of the time. They're yeah. open till three, four o'clock. But I think that type of thing where you've got the daytime economy where people want to go out and they want to enjoy their city, but you've got to find a nice place to do it. And yeah. I think particularly on London Road, which has seen fundamental changes here mm -hmm. over the past 20 years, all the banks have gone. Um, uh, uh, and I think a lot of businesses have gone from London Road, but you're starting to see a few nice little cafes coming in uh, and they're starting, you, you feel they're being busy as well. Yeah. Really. No, absolutely. And what's your take on, like, Portsmouth, obviously, still benefits from the Soviet yeah. Freeport. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the other cities that you're involved in. Uh, I mean, we are predominantly Hampshire and Surrey, but I, I do know Portsmouth and, and Bournemouth very well. I, you know, I worked down in, in Bournemouth and Paul for, for 10 years, pre-charters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, uh, again, Bournemouth has got something that we haven't, which is a big beach. Uh, shopping, I would say, is so-so in Bournemouth. But you've got great plans there in Bournemouth, like the Winter Gardens development. Um, you've obviously got the Harbour Hotels group that have taken a big investment there as well with the yeah. Savoy Hotel, calling it the Nikki. So that's make it, so that obviously creates a, a destination for people. But it's the coast which is the attraction across Portsmouth, Southampton and Bournemouth, which is what uh, glues us all together, yeah. is our access to the sea. Mm -hmm. uh, I love spending time on the water. 
Uh, and there's so much you can do across all of these cities. Portsmouth has an incredible heritage, uh, great for tourism as well. Yeah. Uh, Southampton has an incredible heritage as well. People, people love visiting here. We've got the new forest that separates us from Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, some people call it no man's land, but it's, it's quite a nice place to visit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, you know, so people come down here for holiday. Uh, yeah. And so we're very lucky to live in this section of the coast, really. But I, I think with Portsmouth, you've got a fantastic shopping centre there. Mm. Uh, and actually, when you look at these towns, what is the anchor for a lot of them? And I think shopping is, is one of the big anchors yeah. uh, for them. Uh, and eating too. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and I think eating is gradually getting better in Southampton as well. Yeah. I know we had the big argument about Westkey Phase 2 and how that would affect all the local businesses. But but like they had the same argument when Westkey opened, that the high street was saying, oh, it's going to decimate the high street. But the high street's been far busier than yeah. it ever would be. It just yeah. evolves. And I think that going, uh, that's the same with the housing market. And that's the same in 2010 when we had the mortgage market review. Everybody was like, this is going to be a disaster. People aren't going to be able to afford to, to buy. And if they're doing affordability checks, and there's a huge amount of self-cert mortgage lending going on pre-credit crunch, which I think is probably half the reason we got into the trouble we did. So uh, we got over that uh, and we've ended up uh, after 10 years of mortgage market review with a much better market. The banks are in a much better position. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think here we'll just, it's, it's a market adjustment is the way I'm looking at it really. But what we do need is we need everything to calm down. We need the government to stay secure in place uh, and unfortunately you know we need the war in europe to end as well and i don't want to talk yeah. about war or anything like that but yeah. it has an effect on the cost Absolutely. of living the price of food and i think people talk about the recession uh where there isn't a recession at the moment uh mm. you know that's, that's i know we're... i've been avidly following your linkedin we're not in a recession <laughs> yeah, we're not. Uh, do you know what you can actually spend a lot of your time on linkedin sort of answering people's questions and it could take over your life i think yeah. actually but i think the key thing is you've got to have two quarters of negative growth uh, September, is that going to be negative? I don't know. August was 0.3% was you know, a, a negative. Uh, yeah, unexpectedly, I, I saw them say in the paper. But you know, you've got to look at construction. Construction was still a positive yeah. uh, uh, through the month of August. So are we going to have uh, four months of negative growth uh, between now and the end of the year to create a recession? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball. But I think it's yeah, a lot of people are talking like they have a crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're saying what's going to go on. But all I can say is that we've just all got to work a bit harder. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you work hard, you get lucky, really. Yeah. And I think you're right in this, in the sense that the south of England has a huge amount of opportunities. So where are we seeing land values? Well, I mean, land values have obviously gone up hugely uh, because you know, linked in with land values is house prices. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're seeing you know, gross development value on a lot of these developments uh, over the past three years really uh, exceed all expectations. Mm -hmm. So it's given people the option to be able to sell land and make a profit. Yeah. Uh, and it's given people the opportunity to build new homes and make a larger margin. So it, it's, it's given developers a lot of money to invest more time and effort into finding development sites. So um, obviously you've got the hot spots around, you know, locally like Winchester, where mm -hmm. you're having, you know, high pound per square foot rates led by people like Alfred Holmes who are building grade A products for the type of London buyer that they'd expect. But I think that there's nowhere that is a wrong area to build new build property. For me, it's always been about numbers. Yeah. Uh, and I think as long as the numbers stack up on any appraisal, it's a good development to go and see. But uh, Southampton, in its own right, it's a fantastic area to develop in because you've got uh, low unemployment mm -hmm. uh, and you've got fantastic facilities all around the city. But if it stacks up, then it's worthwhile doing. Uh, yeah. And that's why you've got a lot of these 
big developments being done because it, it, they, they look at Southampton and say, right, it, it's an up-and-coming city. Yeah. And I think it's the first time we've been able to say about Southampton that it's, it's sort of up-and-coming because we're finally, finally, yeah. uh, and we're not talking like in the next two years, we're talking within the next sort of 10, 15 years yeah. that this, all of these big developments are going to be done. Yeah, you but, feel like the master plan is finally yeah. trickling through. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Exactly. But I mean, I think with a lot of development here, we're obviously sandwiched into a bit of a small space because you've got the New Forest to the west, You've got the South Downs National Park to the north. Yeah. Um, so out of those areas, you've got that run of South Coast from Southampton all the way down to, to Fareham and Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. So that's all ripe for development. Um, but obviously, uh, and you know, I don't want to talk too much about uh, nitrates and phosphates in the Solent, but that's had a, a big effect on, on delaying development really in yeah. the south. But, you know, uh, I mean, it's very difficult to say what are the development hotspots because if, for instance, now I think, right, this is where I want to build, you know, by the time you've actually submitted a, a, a planning application, so you bought it, probably got six months to submit a planning application, how long that takes to come out of the planning system is anyone's guess at the moment. Plus, we've got, a, got the nitrates and, and phosphates, which, which delay things. Also, you've got to have a mitigation scheme. So actually, when you look at a town now and actually what the town's going to be like when you come out of your, you know, with an approved application and you start to build it, uh, you know, which is might take two to three years, uh, depending on what type of site. You know, it might take nine months. It might take uh, two years. It's it's difficult to judge what the market's going to be like, really. So as long as you buy it in the right way. But if you remember back in the credit crunch, people couldn't sell their development sites without making a loss, and they couldn't yeah. build the houses without making a loss. So it was a real double negative, really. But but things have changed a lot since then. Yeah. So fingers crossed we don't repeat history. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to. I mean, really, I mean, we've, we're, we're coming into a, a period of uncertainty uh, and that's really led by the government, to be honest. Mm. I mean, you, you, I mean, you've got to look back. You know, you remember t January 2019. I mean, Theresa May didn't have a majority in Parliament and, you know, she couldn't get anything through. She had the biggest loss of serving governments ever had in a vote in the Commons. And... You know, that, that's the uncertainty. So where we had the huge property market last year and the year before, that was led by uh, Brexit uncertainty that had been released. So mm -hmm. all of that had happened, plus the fact we had a £500,000 stamp duty holiday, which also you know, really reinvigorated the market. So it was a double bubble for me. You had the pent-up demand from Brexit, plus you had a stamp duty holiday. Uh, and I think coming out of the EU eventually, for us, is looking okay, really. Well, that is positive note to end on. So, yeah, thank you so much for your time. That comes to the end of the formal interview. Yeah. But I just want to finish up on a few things. So season two, I'm basically trying to figure out what does legacy mean to all of us? Because ultimately, being in real estate, we have the ability to leave a legacy behind. Yeah. Um, so what does legacy mean to you, George? Well, I mean, it means a few things to me, uh, but I, I've always think with legacy, actually, it is making sure that when you've left this life, that you've left it better than when you arrived. Uh, and I think this, is, and it falls in line with anything in life, really. I mean, Southampton particularly, from when I came to Southampton to when I eventually leave Southampton, it looks a lot better. Uh, and I think it's just basically making sure that we're setting up our next generation. You know, we're setting them up well, really, mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So what is the best thing you would say living in on the South Coast? Um, I think for me, it's really the access to the sea. Uh, I mean, I love... Are you a sailor? Uh, no, I'm not a sailor, actually. Yeah. No, I prefer sitting and, and drinking, actually. But uh, no, yeah, but I, 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 looking at the view, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, um, yeah, I love access. I, I, love, I love eating in restaurants yeah. uh, in, in our time off. I mean, we all do. Um, 
But yeah, it's just enjoying the sea, the views, the new forest. I mean, there's so much really, but mm. I think the sea is one thing that knits us all together, really. Yeah. Do you have a favourite restaurant? Do I have a favourite restaurant? Oh, God, wow. Um, I do like the jetty in Christchurch. Yeah. Uh, I love the jetty in Southampton too. Probably two of my favourite restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one last question then. Do you have a favourite mantra that you live by? Um, yes, I do. I think the key thing really is to treat everybody how you expect to be treated yourself. I yeah. think, I think uh, uh, you know, in the industry that we're in, um, you know, you know people for the entire career. Uh, and the moment you burn your bridges with anybody, then they crop up somewhere and you're going, oh, God. So I think, I think that is one thing. Uh, and I think one thing that's always taught for me in school is make your bed in the morning. It's always a good way to start the day. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just te teaching my son making the bed, get dressed, brush your teeth, and you get like a little thumbs up. Oh, yeah. It's so tricky, isn't it, with kids? Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much, George. Yeah, no um, that's been wonderful. It's a great experience to hear everything that you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah any questions uh, that you have for George, how can how is it best for our listeners to reach you? Uh, well, they can drop me an email, uh, g.long at chartersestateagents.co.uk. You can find me on LinkedIn, George Long. Um, yeah, really, that's the best way. We will put um, George's contact details in the show notes. So if you have enjoyed our show today, please do subscribe and give us a five-star review and we will see you at the next episode. Thank you. This show will be airing every Wednesday, showcasing the opportunities available in our region. If you enjoyed the show, do join us on this mission to create a better work-life balance on the South Coast and subscribe to the show. If you want to understand more on investing in commercial real estate on the South Coast, then drop Nella an email. Nella at omega-re.co.uk Your host today has been Nella Pang. Thank you for listening to the Let's Talk South Coast podcast. Making a high-quality podcast like this one takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire a podcast company. With our White Glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through to publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews and build relationships with your guests, and we take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you'd build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through your podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe that 52 new relationships would help grow your business? We do. Contact jason at apodcastcompany.com and let's talk.